Hello and welcome to Debriefing UFC Episode 2. And today, not only am I joined by Connor McDonald, but I am also joined by our MC of the event, Alexandra Moreau. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. My name is Gonzalo Souza. I am excited to get the second episode underway. And I want to start by asking Alex, what was your job as the MC and also planner and oversee guy of all the acts? Because you did meet with everybody. That, that's true. So the way this came to be is that we wanted to do this show that brought all of our friends together. And we figured there were a lot of people there. And you can't just have seven people do 20-minute acts. That's that's not going to work, even if all the acts were amazing. So we felt with seven people, the best structure have three duos and someone to help lead into the duos. It should have, usually in virtual shows, when multiple people are there, transitions seem to be really awkward. So we figured, hey, maybe having someone do proper MC bits would be something interesting. And p- maybe partly because I was on another time zone, it was more convenient <laughs> for me to do that to avoid having to collaborate too often with someone. Um, What's the time difference? Feel- Tell us the time difference. <laughs> yeah, <Lynn. laughs> time difference of LA was nine hours. Yeah, which so, four so, of us were in LA, right? Yeah, so it's true that most of the crew was in LA. So even if we made it an afternoon show, it was it, the show started at 11 with the runtime and then having <laughs> to put everything away. It, it was a late night, but it was worth it. So Alex, be honest with us. Who was slacking the most out of everybody? You know what? As an MC, I'm not here to judge the match. Ah, <laughs> ah, I, I am here, but but what I am here to judge is how effectively people communicated and how well people um, sort of notified me on how far they were. And I have to say, for me, there was a duo that did not do that as well as the other two. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, I, I think and that's Gonzalo and Austin. You know it. You know it damn well. I do know it damn well. Uh. Because I, of, of course, it, leading to the show, I did full run-throughs where I would just ask the duos to perform their full act. And I would ask them for the script so I can just follow. And we could just pause and do the script. You guys... Did not share the script. You guys barely <laughs> share the magic with me. I was almost a spectator. No, because obviously then we did a full run through and it went great. But I was a little bit frustrated that I didn't get like more precise feedback from from that duo. So that's that's how I feel. But all good. We're all good. The fact that you bring up uh, Austin and my duo with him lets me say that we will have Austin Janik on this podcast in just two weeks. He's going to feature episode four. I'm going to have a conversation with him. Uh, and I will definitely now have to bring up... The communication that apparently we didn't have (laughs) with you. Alex, I'm curious to know, you were kind of surveying and wrangling all the groups and consulting and making sure there's no overlapping overlapping magic, right? But that must have been pretty difficult, right? I mean, having to deal with all these different groups, making sure that everyone had a unique and individual piece. Like, what was that like? Uh, It was really interesting, but I wasn't as scared as the overlapping effect because in in Gimmick, I think we've one of the big things we put the focus on is trying to make magic unique. So even if you had similar plots, some of them was really were really different. And in fact, we did encounter one of those problems of overlapping effects. And as opposed to shying away from it or changing material, we decided to paint it red. You know the famous quote: "If you can't hide, just paint it red." And we literally said to people. Hey guys, this trick is a little bit like the trick before, but it isn't. And those tricks felt so different that nobody even questioned the fact that it was the same. And I think I I was really happy that we just took the bold approach of as opposed to us knowing, literally saying to people, five minutes ago, 
and it was a, a trick where coins disappeared, which is, you know, as standard as, as coin tricks go. And like, making a coin disappear can happen in so many ways. And I took a, a sort of a humorous approach, which isn't standard to me, but we had to make those feel different. So the other one was Sanjeev, who did a wonderful silence piece of magic with coins, very poetic. And I had this coin routine I wanted to do that I usually did silent, but we had to make those feel different. So we had a little bit of a lot of humor actually, and we made it a very like off character sort of a meta joke routine. And so when Sanjeev did his trick a little bit after, he literally said, Hey guys, you might remember that trick that happened five minutes ago. This trick is essentially the same, but it isn't. And he just went for it. And I love that. That was, that was one of my favorite things behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah. See, I have a, an important question to ask you coming out of that. Because you had three MC bits that led you to introducing all three groups. And this piece that you're referring to that was similar to Sanjeev's was performed as the introduction to Connor and Sanjeev, which were working as a duo. So what concerns did you have when you were introducing people? Like, what, what was the importance of making sure you pass the spotlight to somebody else and bringing them up and giving them that credibility? Like, I've never emceed, so... Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not traditionally emceed. Um, first and foremost, I'm a magician. And so when I'm coming into MC, I don't have sort of the audacity to start and get all the fine-tuned details. For me, the main thing, the one job I had to do was to maintain the flow and the atmosphere. And we had a very clear evolution in the way people interacted. We started with a, with a very high-energy duo. Matthew and, Sun, and uh, Shin were just pumping effects because you needed people to get boom, 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 boom. They yeah. were funny, they were dynamic, and they had like very outgoing personalities. After that, we switched to Gonzalo and Austin, which had the big surprise of being in person, <laughs> which were more, they were like the comedy magicians of the set. Of course, like they yes. still were magicians, but compared to the others, there was definitely comedy magicians. But they started bringing up more and more serious things. And in fact, I think that's where the transition happens. The beginning of Gonzalo and Austin's set is really funny and dynamic, but towards the end, it touches a very personal question to them. So that, that is the shift that happens in the, um, in the atmosphere of the show. And then Sanjeev and Connor close something that's a, a little bit more slow-paced and thoughtful. So as an MC, I couldn't do like a super outgoing bit like with audience interaction between that second and that third one. It would have been really weird. Like finally you managed to get that high energy and concentrated people to come in and think a little bit about more uh, more interesting thoughts. You can suddenly start making them laugh and go left and right and expect to come back to that thoughtful state. So yeah, I just try to get the vibe of all the duos and make sure that we had a nice general flow going where nothing would feel too brutal. Yeah, one thing I actually want to bring up really quickly is that I, I just want to explicitly say, yes, you were the MC, but you were also in charge of like organizing the show, like the actual theatrical show. So as you like, and we're now we're talking about how you have to oversee the acts and stuff like that. But like that was your we delegated you to be in charge of the actual show aspect of the show, whereas G and I were kind of more on the fundraising side, on the outreach side, marketing. Yeah, the arc of this show comes together in the end. Uh, we, I have to say, we didn't do a lot of between-group collaboration. Like, I didn't talk to... I didn't see Matthew and Shin's set until our rehearsal. So it was really up to you, Alex, to make sure that everything was tied together. And may I say, 
it was tied together beautifully yeah. with a nice pretty bow on top. I was about to say, it, it is a little bit, it might feel, when you're a magician, you're going, oh, I have to MC. I actually endorse that role. Like, you know what? Although it might be a little bit not as rewarding as people might think, it's actually incredibly rewarding. Just for that, you know? When you feel the show come together, you're like, you know what? Maybe if I weren't here, these things would be like individual shows. But putting them together is, is harder than it seems. First of all, I have to say, if anyone listening to us wants to take <laughs> on that role, it is, it is way harder than you think. It really is. But it is very rewarding. Very, very rewarding. I think, I think we have one more question for you. And this is oh. specific to your performance. Because you opened the show, the whole show, and your performance as well, out of three bits, with a very intellectual card trick. It's a bold move. So now, did that scare you? You know what? I was everything but scared. I was excited. <laughs> um, I, I had a little bit of, what, how are people going to react? But I think the one statement we wanted to make, more than anything else, is ungimmicked magicians are not the magicians you've seen. And what better way than to just emphasize that on the first sentence you say? The first, like, explicit movements, the first movements people see, the same words. And people go, oh, this is not going to be your standard magic show. I don't think we lost anyone to that. Like, I think best case scenario, people just are completely into this very thoughtful, for those who haven't seen it, it's about a quote by Vladimir Nabokov. So it's inherently intellectual. Um, but I think even worst case scenario, people are like, huh, let, let me look a little closer, because this is not what I've used to seeing. So I think it's sort of a, it's a win-win for us. It's a bold move, but I think there's really not much to lose. Yeah, and I, I also want to bring up the fact that and and I think you explicitly said this during your routine, but you tried to break the mold of an MC in every single way that you could. You were like, what was the standard of an MC and what do they do? Okay, and then how can I break that? <laughs> That's true, because I wanted to be a magician as well. I was a little bit frustrated to not get to perform a full set, so I did want to put some magic in there. Uh, so yeah, for the first piece, I put one of my favorite pieces of magic, because um, it made a statement. Um, after that, I'm like, okay, now that I did a magic trick, what are people going to think? That I'm going to do another one. Because that's what magicians do, right? After the trick, there's always another <laughs> trick. <laughs> so on the next MC bit, what do I do? I don't do a trick, and I have this wonderful mathematical oddity, um, the Yoshimoto Cube, uh, which I read about in Robert Neal's book. He had a presentation for it, and you know the Robert Neal style of just presenting these oddities as what they are, not trying to add magic pattern weird stories so and being a mathematician just popping on this incredible item felt incredibly rewarding and uh yeah then as you as you were saying the idea was okay i just defied the expectation of what do i do so what was the last thing i could possibly break is what do i say as an mc you sort of have to talk right but uh i decided i would also go okay they excited me to do it. They expect me to do a trick, so I won't. But I mean, there's an expectancy they're not even thinking about. The fact that I'm gonna talk. <laughs> Is it possible to do an MC bit without talking? Uh, there's a little bit of cheating. I didn't use <laughs> someone else's voice. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't talk, so that was the. It was a creative exercise more than anything else, and it was a good excuse for me to create stuff that wasn't my standard performing um, habits. 
Well, Alex, to you goes uh, a thank you for taking on the role of MC and a congratulations for doing an incredible job. Uh, you mentioned the little voice in the end that you borrowed, so a little shout out to Lauren for, yeah. for providing her voice. <laughs> oh, I, I need to tell a story here. Um, <laughs> so what happened is uh, we needed to have a voice that contrasted with me. Um, so we wanted a, a girl to do a voiceover for us, so a script, and I would rehearse to the beats. And because I was French, we found it hilarious to try and get somebody with a very thick British accent. Cause, a I nice, mean, fun inside joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we tried, like, friends of friends, but they had, like, awful mics and everything. And, like, I was rehearsing a couple days before, like, ugh, the jokes could be hitting harder. Because I'm not, I'm not a funny magician at all. But if someone else is making the jokes, there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. There's a chance it, it gets funny. Uh, so I was, uh, and then I called up Lauren, who's uh, Connor's girlfriend. I'm like, hey, Lauren, because there's more direct interaction and I can, if there's a, just a specific bit I want to change, I can do it. And Lauren just on the spot agreed to help us and she made the voiceover. So it's her voice that appeared on the show. And it was, it was very funny. It was a big success. So I also have to thank First of all, all the people who tried it with the recording wasn't just as good. And then Lauren, who had the final recording that we used in the show. She killed it. I think we can she say did. she, she did. killed she it. Really did. She did an amazing job uh, recording that. And she was really realistic. Like, it was surprisingly, it sounded like a real voice actress. So good for her. In, in fact, some people in the crew didn't even recognize Lauren. Yep. She yeah, had yeah. me fooled. She had me fooled entirely. Well, gentlemen. I think we must close oh, our he episode said it. He said gentlemen. <laughs> I love this. Gentlemen. <laughs> I love it. Of the debrief. Uh, join us for episodes three through six in the upcoming weeks. We will bring more performers and talk about everything that brought this show to life. Follow us on the socials at Ungimmick, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and have a lovely day. From here, we were joined by Connor McDonald. Alex Moreau. My name is Gonzalo Souza. Thank you for tuning in to Ungimmicked.